Hello and welcome to the Headache Doctor podcast. We're on this podcast. It's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines so that you can break free from a life of fear of your next headache or migraine and dependence on medication. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about a big word known as neuroplasticity and its connection to headaches and then concussions. So what we're going to do is define neuroplasticity, then we'll break it up to how that relates to headaches, how it relates to concussions, and then we'll wrap it in a nice little bow and provide you with some applicable things so that you can understand concussions, you can understand headaches, and the good things about neuroplasticity that will guide your treatment and allow you to be more resilient so that your body can handle and your brain can handle the appropriate things in life, going about day-to-day life. That's what we want all of our patients, everyone listening to this podcast, we want you to be able to function and do the things that you enjoy. And so neuroplasticity is uh, important to understand if we're going to get back to those things we enjoy. So let's jump into it with just what is neuroplasticity? Uh, Maybe you've heard the term before. Maybe you haven't. As a physical therapist in physical therapy school, we we had a robust uh, curriculum as it relates to neuroanatomy and neuroscience. And neuroplasticity is fascinating. And basically, neuroplasticity is the brain's ability to adapt and change in response to stress or different signals over time. And so, for example, if you're learning to play violin, uh, at first, it's not going to be this smooth, nice sounding um, sound that comes from the violin. And that's because you're, you don't have the muscle memory and the motor planning from your brain to actually get your hands and your fingers to do what needs to happen to play the beautiful music. And so over time, as you practice, you're teaching your brain how to do this task. And so neurologically, we see a more robust pattern and plan and physiologically. So Um, that the brain actually develops and builds these neural pathways so that it becomes more efficient. And then if you become a professional violinist, it becomes automatic. You don't really have to think about the things that you were thinking about when you first were learning to do that task. So that's neuroplasticity, this idea that we can train our brain to pay attention to something, and then over time it gets better, and then eventually it becomes automatic. Walking. Uh, We all learned to walk and when we were kids, it was it took a lot of effort. It was inefficient. You had to focus on each specific task. Now we all can walk. Um, most people can walk without having to focus on it. Uh, it's an automatic thing. Your, your legs just do uh, what your brain is telling them because it, you've done it a thousand times, and uh, it's not something we have to consider, and that's neuroplasticity. So what does neuroplasticity have to do with headaches and concussions? All right? So when when it comes to headaches and migraines in particular, we have these hypersensitivities. We have the hypersensitivity to light, to sound. Uh, Migraines are in large part in in our healthcare system, they're considered to be a neurological problem. So the brain is receiving a signal, this painful stimulus, and it's the alarm bells are going off and then it's hypersensitive to uh, loud sounds and bright lights. So what's happening there is that there's an input to the brain. And so where neuroplasticity comes in is we need to understand if the brain uh, over time is receiving this signal, are we training it to do something that we don't want it to pay attention to? 
So it's a gift that we can actually ignore pain. So if we paid attention to every little ache and pain in our body, we'd uh, it would be very noisy, loud. And so our, our brain is able to shut off and ignore certain uh, spots of tension as we go about our day. If your shoulder has some tension in it, if you stop and think about it, you'll probably notice it. But if you're distracted, you can move on. Your brain can ignore it. And so if your brain is paying attention to this loud, noisy headache signal over time, it can actually, just like if you're practicing the violin, it can develop those neural pathways and it can become a more robust, efficient signal. That's a negative side of neuroplasticity with headaches. Uh, the opposite of that can be true, which we'll talk about, and we where we want to utilize neuroplasticity to our advantage. Now, let's talk about concussions because this is uh, where we see more of a uh, the traumatic. It's a, a concussion is a form of uh, what would be known as a TBI, a traumatic brain injury. So there's actually a physical force and a disruption in the neural pathways in our brain, and so. When you have a concussion, the brain is trying to send these signals to communicate uh, through these neurons, and uh, there's there's some sort of physical trauma that disrupts that. And so, the the hypersensitivities, the the sensitivities to um, bright lights, to loud noises, the uh, the loss of consciousness, the headache, those are results of the brain having that sort of trauma. Now, what's interesting and where neuroplasticity comes in is that the brain needs to heal, okay? And so as the brain heals, um, there's one philosophy, and this is more of the, the uh, norm and the common thread within our healthcare system, uh, or at least seemingly so, where you want to remove yourself from any of the harsh or irritating um, stimuli. So if you're sensitive to bright lights, well, let's just remove you from bright lights until the brain heals, all right? Now, here's what's interesting about neuroplasticity and applying this principle of good stress to let the body overcome and recover. So if you have a concussion in the early phases of that, uh, to let the brain heal and improve upon its current state where it's sensitive to bright lights, it's sensitive to loud noises, uh, we can actually utilize those things and in a to a to a moderate degree, maybe introducing those different irritants back into the brain. So just the normal daily activities that we have would be the the things that are irritating to us now. Introducing those back in teaches the brain how to then create new pathways and accommodate to that signal so that we can recover quicker. All right. So a concussion is a is an injury, a type of injury to the brain itself. Uh, as the brain recovers, we can use neuroplasticity to adapt and overcome the sensitivities after a concussion just by introducing those things back in. Okay, it's we're training the brain to meet this new demand. But if we totally remove that the demand at all, if we keep someone in a dark room. And, and we just have them sleep and rest, and we don't introduce them to any of these negative stimuluses, stimuli, then the, the idea is we're not utilizing this idea of neuroplasticity, all right? We're not challenging their brain in a way that's going to lead, lead to a positive result, all right? So the other thing to consider with concussions, so the brain is impacted, but 
in that sort of trauma, there's also an impact to the neck itself. When you fall off the horse, when you're in a car accident, when you're in a ski accident, not only is your head sustaining some level of trauma, uh, which impacts your brain, but it's very likely that your neck has sustained that trauma as well. So we have to think of it as there's an injury to uh, your central nervous system, to your brain. And so how do we interact with the brain to get it to recover? And then we have to look at the head and the neck and physically, so physical trauma to your body. And how is that impacting your symptoms? Now, there's something called post-concussion syndrome, and that's where the symptoms after concussion will last for weeks or longer. This is about 10 to 15 and a few studies. It was 20% or so of people that have a concussion. It will then carry over into post-concussion syndrome. So that could be symptoms like headache, fatigue, vision changes, disturbances in balance, confusion, dizziness, insomnia, difficulty concentrating. So all of those symptoms can be really debilitating and they can just persist for 10, 15%, maybe 20% of people that have a concussion, those symptoms are persisting for weeks. Um, now for the rest of those um, that had the concussion, so maybe the 80%, 85%, the symptoms are going away within days or a couple weeks, and then they're, they're getting back to their daily life. All right, so that's where the brain has recovered. Uh, the symptoms have gone. There is still the element of physically what might have impacted them or what, how did the trauma impact them physically, like their neck, their shoulders. Uh, and so after a concussion, after a, a car accident or whatever trauma it was, we do need to make sure that the neck is in okay shape because uh, it could be that you sustain the injury, you don't really feel it, you know, two weeks, three weeks after, after the initial insult, but it's changed the way you move and you're not moving as efficiently and your body has to work harder. Uh, there's specific joints in the neck that are restricted, which then leads to uh, headache or migraine symptoms down the road, which we hear that often as well. All right. So just a little side note when it comes to the physical side of that, uh, of a concussion. Now, with if you have post-concussion syndrome, um, here's a, there's a few important takeaways here. So when we're thinking about the brain and how the brain needs to recover, it's actually been suggested, and there's research to back this up, that we should introduce uh, the things that you interact with on a, on a day-to-day basis that are irritating because of the concussion, but we need to teach your brain to adapt and to be able to tolerate those things. The, the theory here is it goes to the chemical level and neurotransmitter transmitters, neuromodulators. So there's a neurotransmitter um, modulator called brain-derived neurotropic factor, okay? And this is decreased after a concussion or a traumatic brain injury. And then if there's higher levels of it, it actually leads to quicker recovery uh, because it it it's a, it's a neuromodulator, so it allows the brain uh, to adapt and heal. Uh, and then we see dopamine increased, which helps the brain. If we see dopamine increase, uh, it acts as a neurotransmitter that helps the brain create new connections. All right. So we want to see this BDNF, this brain derived neurotropic factor. And we also want to see dopamine. Well, how do we get those things? Well, dopamine we know is going to be released during exercise. So if we increase uh, and challenge someone's body physically, we get an increase in dopamine uh, and uh, 
that will lead to the positive changes we want to see. And we want to be specific in the task, okay? So we want to train our brain to get used to um, whatever the specific task that is currently the barrier, all right? So, for example, if, um, if we want to, in the case of a concussion, uh, if it's really hard for us to focus uh, and, and do homework or sit in front of a lesson or, or have any sort of screen time, in one sense, we want to teach the brain to get used to that. So visually, that could be really challenging. Uh, well, the brain still, it's, it's, in a sense, it's still traumatized. And so that stimulus is irritating. Well, how do we overcome that? We, we need to create new pathways, uh, retrain our brain on how to accommodate to that stimulus. All right. So we can use this same sort of philosophy when it comes to sensitivities with headaches and migraines. I'm going to get into um, one other consideration there, but um, we need to understand that a lot of what we feel and experience is um, it's, it's, it's all from the brain. So the brain is interpreting signals that it's receiving, but when the brain itself is impacted, those signals um, are not necessarily connected to something else in the body. It's just the brain itself. So how do we interact with the brain itself to improve and create the, the resiliency that we need in the brain? Well, using neuroplasticity and creating these new pathways, increasing dopamine, utilizing this um, brain-derived neurotropic fast factor uh, is a great way to, to, to do that. So exercise, activity, introducing uh, these different activities that maybe we've been avoiding so that we can build resiliency. So what this boils down to when it comes to headaches and concussions and how if, if you have a history of concussions and, you've, and you have currently headaches and migraines, um, the takeaways here, there's a few of them. So first, I want you to understand that we, we always, it's going to be, you're going to be better off if we can remove the negative input. So if we can remove the fact that you have this loud, noisy pain signal that's being sent to your brain, um, that's that's sort of, it should be step one, okay? So if you have um, significant light and sound sensitivity, uh, I don't nece- I'm not necessarily recommending that you just like expose yourself to bright lights all the time and loud noises and hope that that helps. Uh, that's not necessarily what I'm recommending, even though it probably sounds kind of like that. Uh, when it comes to a pure concussion and within the few weeks after concussion, um, I think it's it, it makes sense utilizing neuroplasticity to start um, gradually introducing those things back. Now, if you're someone that's had chronic headaches and migraines, it can look a little different, all right? So after the concussion, there's sort of more of an acute phase, meaning right after it and how we would treat that a little bit differently. That's going to be more brain focused. We want to look at the brain and get the brain to um, recover. All right. So that's that's the brain's phases of it. Now, if you enter into that post-concussive concussion syndrome, we want to make sure that we build resiliency in your brain so we could use neuroplasticity, introduce these um the, the things that are irritants in and sort of build up a tolerance. But then we, we should also consider the neck. So did we miss something in the neck that's causing these symptoms to continue? Now, if you've had a, a history of concussions and you're dealing with headaches on and off or migraines on and off, 
it's probably less of your um, of your brain being the focus and more of the physical trauma and recovering the physical side of things that would be the focus. Now, where the brain comes back into consideration is if over time, if you've dealt with these headaches for years, you've now trained the brain, especially if it's a daily headache, we've trained the brain to pay attention to this pain signal. And so there's different signs that you might have what's called central sensitization, where it's a, it's a hypersensitive response to this input from the brain. But for the sake of this discussion, and I'm assuming most of my listeners, you guys are um, the in the scenario where maybe you've had a few concussions in the past, but those were those were years ago, and you're now dealing with uh, frequent debilitating headaches or migraines. And so we're probably going to approach that first from the physical side, which means that we need to address, just like I talked about in the last podcast, all the things in the neck, shoulder, jaw. We need to understand what the trauma to your head and neck uh, resulted in, and we need to restore you back to normal function. And that's going to remove that that noisy, painful stimulus to the brain. And then we can look at what happens after that. So did we reduce the negative side? And then are we and then we can look at, okay, how do we introduce good stress back into your situation? Do we need to teach the brain to live and function? in normal life rather than being sensitive to all these things. Um, one scenario that uh, we run into every now and then is um, dizziness will persist. So someone uh, will work on their neck. Uh, they'll come in primarily for dizziness, um, what we'd call a cervicogenic dizziness, a dizziness that comes from the neck. And their neck will improve, but their dizziness will take time to resolve. And what's happening there is we're almost like teaching the brain how to become okay with doing daily life and not being dizzy, all right? So the same would be true if, let's say, the light sensitivity or the sensitivity to sound would persist. We'd want to sort of challenge that to teach the brain how to be okay with that, but also considering the negative, uh, reducing the negative, loud, painful signal, okay? So we want to set you up for success in both categories. So neuroplasticity, in summary, is a, is a is a good thing. Our brain is not static. It's not just in the same state for the rest of your life. If you're hypersensitive to something now, it doesn't mean it has to be that way in a year. If you have hypersensitive, if you have a central sensitization and you're creating this pain signal, a louder pain signal than it should be, it doesn't have to be that way in the future. And if you have a concussion and post-concussive sin- symptoms syndrome, uh, it doesn't have to be that way forever. Your brain can learn. You just need to teach it. You need to provide it with the the good sort of stress or input um, so that it can learn and develop and develop those new pathways. As far as what you can leave here with practically, um, know that your body's very resilient. As physical therapists, uh, in our training and then in practice, good physical therapists realize that the body's very resilient. And most people don't need hot packs and rest. They actually need more activity and specific activity and activity that challenges their bodies because 
our, our brain is resilient and it's plastic and it'll develop and it'll improve. And so is our body. And so the principle here is that we need to apply good stress in all these different areas to our body so that our bodies adapt and we become more resilient. And, uh, and, and it's an amazing thing. I think oftentimes people need permission and they need guidance. And that's, that's our job here at Novera to provide you with the education that empowers you so that you can make changes and then the guidance. So you don't feel like you're trying to figure this out all on your own. If this describes you, if these podcasts have been helpful, I don't want you to do this alone. This podcast is not intended, um, to be the medical vice that advice that causes, uh, all of your problems to just melt away. It's supposed to be education that empowers you to make a decision and work with the right provider. If, uh, that provider could be us here at, uh, out in Colorado Springs. We have a lot of people that travel here from out of state. Uh, we do have virtual coaching options. And then of course, um, the, the in-person care, which we, uh, which we love to get our hands on and restore these problems that we see are so, so common. Um, uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the headache doctor podcast. If you haven't hop over to YouTube, we've got a new studio set up. So visually it looks a lot different. It's much improved. Um, be, please subscribe to this channel, whatever podcast platform you use. And then of course, uh, on YouTube, um, subscribe to our channel there and tell a friend, leave a five-star review. It all helps. It all helps us grow and the word get out. Thank you so much for being a listener and I'll see you next time. Hey guys, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the Headache Doctor podcast. I know that you have a lot of options in how you spend your time and how you consume information around headaches and migraines. I just wanted a quick ask because the only way that we grow this podcast and continue this mission is if you subscribe, share this podcast, and of course, leave us a five-star review. Those are cherished and it makes my day when I see someone's story come through as a five-star review and how this podcast podcast has been able to help you. Thank you so much again for listening to the Headache Doctor podcast, and I'll see you next week.